Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, our guest is Shayler of Shea Sim Fitness, coming to you from Lavernia, Texas. Shayler, what's going on? How are you today? I am doing really good. Super great. I am. I'm excited to dive into this. I got I got to ask my own questions and to get a pretty good background on Shea Sim Fitness. But for the people listening here, Shayler, who aren't familiar with your brand or your business or your gym, give us some context here. When you describe Shea Sim Fitness to people, what do you usually tell them? What is this business about? So really, it's um, it's a we we're here in a small town, so it's more of um, it's I think what gives it a niche is not only it's it's an all women's fitness facility, but it's um, we offer classes and uh, small group personal training, one on ones, and we're just really big into the community of women. We uh, my m- motto here is just uh, where everybody leaves feeling proud of themselves. Everyone's welcome. We make modifications as needed, and it's more of just not you're not just a number. You're actually part of like a family, and you're actually important here. Yeah, and and so fitness geared towards women. We've got a couple of different services that we offer to to best fit what that woman in particular is looking for, but take us back even earlier than that. The, the origin stories on these things usually provide a lot of lessons to be learned. And so bring me back, not even to the day that the doors first opened, bring me back to the day that the idea popped into your head. I'm going to open up my own facility. What was going on and, and what inspired all of this? So um, to be honest, I had um, a bunch of full rides to college for sports. And um, I'm a real homebody. I love like, I guess a creature of habit. So I decided to um, become a veterinarian technician and was going to college, but was working out at a gym on the side, just working out by myself, didn't know much about fitness. And um, I just remember one day sitting in my little community college, taking a test and was like, you know what, I'm going to take this personal training certification and just do this on the side. And I was currently working at a veterinarian clinic and it kind of just stemmed from there. And I ended up not going to school, which I feel like is a big point because there's a lot of people that believe and love school and go to college. And I'm kind of different than that. I guess I'm, uh, I don't know what you call it, left brain or right brain, but I kind (laughs) of want to do my own thing. And I just took it from there. It started small and Um, it just, I started training. I remember training one to two clients doing it outside at any time fitness where I was working out at. And then eventually it just, it was first, it was men and women. And it just slowly turned over to just being women and just like, almost like grew itself into something that it is now, which is really crazy. Yeah. And so organically it became closer to what it is now. And somewhere along the way we got into our own facility. When was that? So if I, I started at Anytime Fitness at 2014, in 2014 doing classes, and um, uh, the person I was working for at that Anytime Fitness was kind of high and low with her 
emotions and it turned out we were switching services because she was doing small group personal training with me but she'd have a bad day and be like oh you're gonna have to pay a gym fee you're gonna start having to pay for your spot so it got so uneasy and was giving me anxiety i was like you know what i mean honestly didn't do the numbers i didn't count i just made the jump i found it <laughs> I was like i'm gonna make this work and i yeah. moved over december and then like just went from there and just started enrolling people i really didn't like add anything up or make sure i was going to pay rent i just told myself like i'm going to make something out of this and i'm going to market my ass off yeah there's something to be said for that level of, of confidence and conviction though we believed in what we were doing so much that that the numbers be damned we're going to make this work looking back on that time for a minute Shayla, what's been because you mentioned <laughs> however your personality aligns this made sense to me I'm going to go out on my own. I'm going to do this. What's been your favorite part about being a business owner over the, the last couple of years? And what's been the toughest part? Um, I think my favorite part about being a business owner is the feeling I get from all the women. Like we're just such a close knit community and how I feel like we both help each other grow. We have faith in each other. We both show up for each other. It's helped me become a better person I think along the way and really changed my mindset about a lot of things and I think my my un I mean my least favorite part is maybe um me sometimes losing sight of my boundaries and not being able to be like okay I'm unplugging I'm not doing I'm not answering questions when I run in to you at HUB or if I'm trying to relax and have my downtime I'm not worried about work I think because I guess as a business owner I feel like um, you want someone or you want your clients to like you so much. And there's always that feeling that someone, and then obviously, you know, you can't make everyone happy, but I'm a perfectionist. So I want to answer every single question that comes up. I want to answer the phone. I want to make sure you're feeling okay and text you back if your knee hurts or, but that's my biggest problem is not having boundaries, I guess, with myself to be able to be like, you know what, this is what I'm doing right now. I can't text you back or I can't talk to you right now. Yeah, typically business owners and specifically studio or gym owners like this the the issue is never that we don't have enough to do the issue is usually yeah. that we have far too many things to do you yeah. started this off on your own shaler is the ceo shaler is also the director of marketing shaler is doing all the sales shaler yeah. is probably the head janitor she's got a, a couple of things on the plate at least um, you mentioned earlier that this sort of organically took off. We started off by working with men and women, but meandered our way into specifically women only. In the time that you've been doing this, what's worked and what hasn't worked so well from a marketing standpoint, just to get some attention and some interest in the business? Um, to be honest, I feel like for one, I know marketing plays a big role. I've had a lot of success with um, Facebook. Uh, mm -hmm. So I do a lot of before and afters. I do a lot of testimonials. I screenshot texts. Like it might be annoying, but it, that's what gets people's attention to where you not only show your before and after results, but you show people that are coming from all different fitness levels. So I make sure to include, because I wouldn't want a woman to look at my Facebook or to look at my advertising on my emails and be like, well, she's fit she's always been fit so i'm never i i make sure i make it a point to be like 
um, screenshot the, my numbers are down for my insulin levels. Like not only am I here to help you achieve the physique you want, but if your cholesterol is high or you've been on meds your whole life, we're going to, we're going to show people that as well. Or we're going to show you that you can bend down to play with your kid, like marketing in all levels, not just one certain, you want to reach all different levels of women. Or if you train men to make sure someone's going to see it and say, well, man, I have that problem or my knees hurt, or I want to, it's not always about the physique with the marketing. Yeah. Now, Facebook, it, it makes sense, right? If I'm somebody looking for a gym or looking for a trainer, or looking for some sort of new fitness venture, Facebook, Instagram, whatever social media platform of choice is, is probably going to be where I go. Has that come purely we're putting out content, we're putting out pictures, we're putting out video, or have we put a budget behind it to advertise on these platforms? So to be honest, I have never sponsored a post on Facebook. I just do uh, before and after photos. I also um, am a part of you know, uh, the town that I'm in. Like there's a bunch of local pages, like what's going on in Lavernia, Lavernia community chat, let's sell Lavernia. So what I do is not only do I post on my personal Facebook, but I post on all of those forums that are on uh, about once a yeah. week. And so in any kind of this, this marketing conversation that we have, usually I like to address at least the whatever strategy we go with, it's going to cost something. It's either going to cost dollars or it's going to cost time. You've put a pretty good time investment into this. Do you think that there is a time or a, a different point for Shea Sim Fitness that you think that there would be value in actually advertising or is the strategy that we're going with working pretty well for you? Um, as far as Facebook, I feel like it's working for me pretty well, but it, I, I feel like Instagram and I know TikTok's a new thing. That's something I'm looking into maybe sponsoring. I don't know if it's because it's something new or, but I have, I'm like working on growing my Instagram for my business. It's a little harder for me to reach out and get clientele on those platforms than how easy it is on Facebook. Sure. Yeah. There's always a new platform. There's always yeah. new technology and, and it can be difficult to stay on top of at least. Now, leads and marketing are, are one part of the equation. Shaler, talk to us about how people actually go about signing up for this. When they reach out, whether they came from Facebook, whether they walked in off the street, however they got to you, walk me through what typically happens for this person to actually sign up as a, as a new member or client. So, um, Obviously I have a website and then I have my Facebook post. So they might sometimes send me a personal message, but usually they come through on email and um, I have like a little on my website, it'll say like register now and set up a consultation because that's another problem I ran into that I felt like I'm happy I made the change within owning a business. I used to consistently schedule consultations and I'm sure people deal with this, but get stood up or reschedule and then as I got older and more mature, I'm like, heck, I'm sitting up at the gym and I could be doing something else. So they'll reach out to me. I'll, um, right off the bat, I'll let them know, like they'll ask maybe a bunch of questions, but I'll just answer that. Just kind of, if I know they're serious, Hey, um, yes, of course, here is a class or here's a link to my classes. If you want more information and you'd like to schedule a consultation, please let me know what days work for you. And then they say, okay, Saturday at 10 AM works for me. And I'm like, perfect. It's a $15 scheduling fee. Um, is this email okay? And then usually they'll 
send me back their email or they'll say yes. But I mean, of course I do get the runaround or it's like, they'll not reply or they'll say, um, uh, I don't have an email or something. And usually that it's like, okay, I saved myself, you know, cause yeah. Unfortunately, that's, that's somewhat the norm in our industry, even yes. top notch sales processes. If we can get 50% of our leads to schedule a consultation and 50% to show we're in a pretty good spot from there. So there's always things that can be done. Can we nurture these leads differently? Of course, better, probably. In that, that nurturing and scheduling process, is it you that's handling a lot of this? Yes, I email everyone back and message and text and answer the calls. For, for the sake of sanity for people listening, do you find that this is a really big time investment for you? It sounds like that's labor intensive uh it gets overwhelming sometimes but i do uh make it a part of my daily regimen so what the phone calls kind of pop up as needed but um in the morning i try to wake up two hours before i need to be at work to handle all of those things so when i do yeah. get off i can enjoy my time and just okay so we have a system in place at least for you to be able to handle it yeah. now Hypothetically, this person signs up, we've got a new member. What do you focus on as the owner of this to make sure that this new member stays a new member for as long as possible? So we schedule their, say they schedule their consultation and we meet. Um, I have a couple forms I fill out and I go over with them. And then I also ask them, which I found it's really good with gaining and keeping clientele is asking about them when it comes to people skills people don't really like like to talk about you obviously or like the person that's asking so I make sure are you from Lavernia um how long have you been into working out what's making you make this decision and so I just make sure they know that I'm really concerned about them and what their goals are and try not to overtake the conversation I usually get really good results with being super personal and even not even talking about working out just talking about like some will we'll go into like stressful things that happen with their life or their husband. By the end, it's like an hour consultation, but I want them to know they're that, like I said, not just a number that we can have good conversation. I genuinely care. And I'm not like, Oh, here, you want to sign up? This it's this much by. We have plenty of that in our industry. I think it's, it's time for us to leave that in the past at least. And now, I mean, we've been doing this for a while. Our conversation between you and I has been, how'd you get here? What do you do now? The fun part of our conversation kind of comes from where this whole thing is going. As you forecast this out and you think about where you want to take your business, what is the goal for you? Where do you see this whole thing trending as you move forward? Um, well, currently I'm in a building that's 2,200 square feet and we're busting at the seams now. So my goal is for the new year to, because the my landlord is um, looking to, I'm looking to rent to own or I'm renting to own, but I'm looking to expand and be able to, cause right now currently how my gym is set up, it's like the equipment and everything is around the outside. And then we do our classes in the middle. So it kind of makes it uncomfortable for people that want to maybe leave home early and escape their kids and stretch and talk to their friends when they get there, they have to wait in the lobby. So my goal for the new year is to expand and have it be more of a comfortable setting and obviously be able to offer 
more classes. They can't make more of me, but I can definitely pack more people. <laughs> so that's my goal. Yeah, that's that's the the true challenge of this is I mean, we'll chalk it under the bucket of of staffing, but how do we how do we grow beyond just Shaler is probably one of the challenges here. What yeah. else do you think in in your pursuit of growth besides staffing, besides physically having the people to be able to help you with this? What do you think could be some potential challenges or potential hurdles? as you look to grow moving forward? Well, obviously pricing of things and how expensive it is to get rolling and to get the gym of my dreams. I think that's the biggest challenge is kind of like working over, which it's going to be worth it in the end. But obviously, as we know that one 12 pound dumbbell is $25.99 and I need 25 more of them. So I think what would be the biggest hurdle is coming up or being approved for that much money to really <laughs> that. Yeah. Anybody that's, that's been in our industry for any length of time knows that gym build outs, gym openings, it can, it can cost a, a pretty good chunk of change in yeah. terms of equipment, in terms of materials and expansion and labor, whatever this happens to be. And so, yeah, that, <laughs> That is that is a, a big challenge for you. Now, I want to I want to start to wrap things up here, but I wanted to save a little bit of time for you to get to shout out where people can learn a little bit more about this, Shaler. You mentioned a website. You mentioned Facebook and Instagram. Where can people connect with you? How do they find you? So, um, I have my website, and it is www.shredwithshaysim.com. And then also my Instagram is just my name. It's S-H-A-Y-S-Y-M-M, all one word. And then same thing with Facebook. Perfect. Straightforward and simple. Shayla, that's a, that's a great place for us to start to wrap our conversation up. But this has been a bunch of fun. I really enjoy getting a look behind the scenes at businesses like this and, and to see what owners are thinking about when it comes to how can we improve and, and where are we going with this whole thing? And so I appreciate you coming on to join us. I, I can't thank you enough, but I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host today, Adam Shop, and with me is a super special guest. His name is Mark Digesti with Performance EDU Fitness out of Reno, Nevada. Mark, how's the day treating you, man? Adam, what's going on, my man? Good to have on uh, on the pod this morning. 
Absolutely. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's all mine. I'm super excited to have you and host you and learn all about the things you're doing. Um, but Nevada, how, how's it out that way? Good? Hot? Cold? Uh, as of right now, it's a little bit chilly. We're getting excess snow. We'd had about 20 days straight uh, of snow. We got over, I think, over 500 inch, inches up at Mammoth um, over the past month, 12, 14 feet up at Squaw. So uh, it's been, been a little bit chilly, but also uh, we're getting we're getting some fun times over here with skiing and snowboarding and whatnot. Man, I'll, uh, I'm gonna take a pause real quick and go drive out to Reno and do some snow. <laughs> um, no, you might, have, you might have to wait in line and in traffic and whatnot for everybody coming over the hill. Listen, I'm good with traffic. I'll just uh, I will helicopter down in. You know what I'm saying? Oh boy, I love it. <laughs> Uh, cool, man. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, like I always like say, the weather, it could be worse, right? It could be like it the could be. day after tomorrow or, you know, something like that. But exactly. Well, cool, Mark. Um, excited to jump right in and kind of get going with, you know, you. So talk to our listeners about yourself, your background, what you've done, your passion, how you got into the business and kind of like the vision moving forward. Awesome question, man. Um, thanks for having me on board. I'm super excited to tell my story, performance CDU's story, our coaches' stories here. Um, it's been uh, it's been a fun journey since uh, graduated from Chico in 2005, and uh, from there, uh, was kind of lost. You know, it was it was kind of at a point in my life where it was like, what am I going to do? Um, you know, where am I going to go? I started, you know, doing a couple interviews here and there in Reno at 24 Hour and whatnot. Um, but really not really understanding what it took to, to get into the training business. So, uh, wrote an email out to, uh, which, which felt like an attorney to go wrote an email out, um, in 2005 down to athletes performance and was able to get an internship down at athletes performance with Mark Verstegen, uh, down there. And, uh, and it was the best decision of my life, you know? So I was down there for six months, non-paid. Um, my grandparents funded it for me, which was probably the best investment that, that, you know, I could have had from anybody, which, uh, I'm super uh, thankful for them for, um, went down there for six months and, uh, did combine training with, uh, Mark Verstegen down there. Um, a mentor of mine, Omi, Anthony Slater, Basso Cronus. Um, you know, I, I call them the OGs of, uh, of strength and training, um, back in the day. And then I was down there for six months and then I got picked up by the USC team as their strength coach and had the amazing opportunity to be able to travel the world, um, travel the world and logged in probably like 200,000 miles on my United card. And it was just great, you know, but the experience for that was amazing. And then it led me right back to, uh, led me right back to athletes performance. And, uh, I was able to help out, uh, their uh their pivot side which went into the core performance center which was down in santa monica and i worked there for about two and a half three years and uh, went back and forth between athletes performance and uh core performance in santa monica and then really kind of had uh you know the usaw moment that uh, i wasn't able to survive in california especially down in la with with the amount of money that was being paid out to me um didn't think about value at that time, just really just thought about surviving. And uh, so I came back to Reno in 2010, um, drove up to North Star and uh, thought about the process of what it took to get into um, uh, the business realm of strength and training. And realistically came up with the name Performance EDU, Performance Integrated with Education, because that is our motto here. 
and uh, had the availability to have free billable hours by my family and my lawyer, my brother and my dad are both lawyers and they were able to get me rocking and rolling. And uh, from there, I've been January 13th of 2010 till now, we're obviously going strong and uh, have the availability to uh, have growth here in the future and uh, have a great staff. But uh, the process of starting Performance EDU, I think that's what we can really peel back the onion today and dive into it and see all the things I did wrong and uh, some of the great things I did. So. Hey, that's spoken like a, a true a true person that's not afraid to, you know, right the wrongs or wrong the rights, you know. Um, but no, I don't I don't think, you know, uh, a mistake is only a mistake if you don't learn from it. Right. Right. So I think, you know, for all the gym owners and just people listening to this conversation right now, um, you know, I think humbling yourself by knowing that not everybody's going to be perfect. I guarantee you not one gym owner in this world has been perfect. And if they have, well, I need to talk to that person because, uh, you know, we, we both do got plenty of mistakes under the belt for sure. Um, and sometimes, you know, you make the same mistake twice, but it is what it right. is. Right. Um, well, cool. Mark love that story. So let's kind of, you know, dive into, you know, performance EDU fitness, you know, um, let's peel it on and back a little bit. Tell us, you know, kind of like an elevator pitch, um, you know, exactly what services do you offer? You know, if somebody were to come into your facility, a potential prospect um, or a prospect, you know, what's kind of like the onboarding process? How would you assess them? What things would you do to nurture them to potentially becoming a member? Great question. I mean, you know, ultimately this would be a long winded uh, talking point. Um, but realistically, what I wanted to be able to create here in Reno, and I always like to say Reno is always 10 years behind the time of, of really any service or hidden aspect uh, that comes here. So it, coming from the Mark Versteg and the athletes performance, the great cook model, it really took me a long time to find the right individuals that it's, we're going to be able to keep. So for instance, you know, it really, we didn't really start to elevate, you know, us as a facility here till probably one or two years before COVID hit. And um, ultimately with the third facility that we're in right now, which is, you know, obviously a lot more space than our first two, um, we wanted to be able to create an in-house product where nobody ever had to leave. So have a great rapport with all the, the local doctors, orthopedists here in Reno to be able to refer out to the physical therapy clinic that we have on site. Um, also if we have individuals that need body work, we have body work on site. If we have anybody that needs nutritional guidance, we have a nutritionist, you know, that we work closely with, and that doesn't even get to the point of where we are from, uh, obviously a strength conditioning standpoint, but also movement enhancement area as well. So if we have any of our clients that come in here or have a prospect walk in the door and States, I'm looking to we don't have the prospects coming in looking to have weight loss. For instance, everybody that comes here is usually from a movement enhancement standpoint. We have lower back issues or a tight, you know, IT band, whatever it may be. But if we can't handle that process, we take them two tables over and they work with our physical therapists. And that was one of the greatest things that I wanted to be able to create that I took, obviously, from athletes' performance that they did, you know, obviously great things with. Um, but that, that's really, it's, a, it's an in-house area within our training facility where we can be able to do whatever we need to do to get the client or the patient or the athlete better. Solid. It's uh, kind of like you said, like a jack of all trades, you know, you have X, Y, and Z inside your facility. Um, 
so we talked, you know, prior to this, you know, you're about 5,100 square feet. Um, so personal training, massage, you said PT clinic on site. So kind of give me just give myself and the listeners an example of, you know, you have a client that comes into you um, and they have, you know, like you said, they have, so let, let's say I'm going to use a person very similar to myself, low back pain, maybe like some partial bulging discs, um, looking just to put on muscle, you know, wants to stay healthy, maybe gain some, you know, um, increased cardio or agility, you know, kind of walk through what would be your process, what would be your steps for like that specific person inside your facility? Great question, Adam. So we've been playing around this for a long time. You know, ultimately, when I came back in 2010, I was very, 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 very well versed in functional movement strings by Gray Cook. Um, throughout the years, we've taken what works well with FMS and we've taken what works work well with the clients that we come in, we have come in. So being back at athletes performance and utilizing this with us ski team, I'm just traditionally working with athletes. So I've been able to take, you know, X, Y, and Z from the FMS and then kind of put our own touches on some things that we like to utilize as well. So that's called our movement assessment. Um, our second one is we, we teamed up with valve performance and we actually created a, a biomechanics lab here as well. So there's two points to that. We can be able to utilize some of the force plates and the force frames for our movement evaluation. But what we like to do is we kind of like to keep those separately. So the price point obviously is going to be a separate price point, hundred dollars for our assessment or movement assessment in comparison to 199 for our valve assessment. And it's really great to be able to bring both of those in because the individual that really likes to be analytical and see the science behind things, we push them over to force plates and force frames. And then we put a couple of our movement assessments in there. If an individual is just coming in and they're just, you know, have a lower back tightness or have anything going on with the shoulder, we can take them through our general movement assessment and we can really break things down with that as well. It really just depends on the client. So I would say 70, 80% of our clients just want to come in, be told what's going on and how do we get things better? 20% cyclists, skiers, athletic-based individuals, or individuals coming out of ACL and whatnot, they're going to go directed towards our, our movement assessment that has the sports performance side of things with data analytics being beamed up to the TV so they can be able to see, you know, where the force production is comparison to the right and the left side, upper, upper quarter, lower quarter, and vice versa. Awesome. Yeah, the analytical side of thing you know I've, I've had this conversation with a few different gym owners as well as like it's if you if you're giving them the why like you're, you're showing them the nature of whatever it might be not only can they understand it but then they're going to feel almost like not like they have to but like they see the credibility and they see the value in what exactly they're getting from you and it's going to be like okay well what's the next step correct and so, so and that's always officially yeah, and that's always the tough part, Adam, is, is really like, okay, we can be able to present and sell the evaluation or the assessment we have, but what happens after the fact? What's the coaching style like? What's the program design like? Is the program design cookie cutter where it's for everybody or is the program design individually based? And then what does the micro and the macro cycle look like? So there's so many things that go about it, um, but what we do and what we try to do really well is what happens after the fact, what happens with the coaching, what happens with the quality of the coaching, what happens with the retention of the client and all that comes into coaching, 
being able to trust and respect the coach, but also vice versa to the client, athlete, or patient. But also, what are they getting out of it? You know, what are they seeing? What are they seeing from a presentation of the program design? What it looks like in three to six months from our goals with them to their goals. So there's so many different factors that go about it. And it's really just, it really comes down to communication, right? So it's communication in a way that it's not going directly over their head and like, what is Mark talking about? or what his coach is talking about. It's really simplifying to a point where they understand what the weeks look like from a training volume or a training load. And then what does the end result look like? And, you know, when we have athletes, when I kind of separated myself from athletes to just the general population, the athletes are like, I have two months, this is what I need to work on. Then I'm back on the hill or I'm back on, uh, I'm back, you know, on the river or whatever it may be. For a general pop, it's a little bit easier, but you have to guide them through the process from an education piece, but also from a communication piece as well. Yeah, it's it, like two different animals there. You know, you hit it like right. gen pop. It's like, okay, we we have time. We have other things that, whereas an athlete, it's like, okay, look, like this is where we need to start. This is where I need to finish. And this is what I have to be in that time frame. So it's, it's like that sense of urgency, but, you know, uh, discovering the path for each one is, you know, key for that. Yeah. Um, And I think it comes down to, you know, you you talk about what, you know, what did you do wrong? What did you rewrite? This is still a process, you know, this evaluation and assessment process, you know, we're trying not to change and evolve things, but we're trying to see what works, you know, and what people enjoy and what people have great feedback with. So I'm always saying I'm not scared to be challenged, but, and I'm not scared to be, to fail. I'm really just pushing the envelope on what works and what, what works for the individual or the mass group or teams that come in for this process, because this is a selling factor for our training facility. And if we can't sell what we're trying to do right off the bat, then it's going to be really difficult for us to even start the program design with corrective patternings and then being able to, you know, vice versa, cross refer between PT massage and training. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so with that being said, you know, let's kind of dive into, you know, more about the facility and let's, you know, numbers wise, you know, what's like a current member base right now with your facility? We're very fortunate where we don't have to count volume. So we, we don't have to, have to count the amount of the members that obviously we have. We pro- with all of our coaches here, we probably range anywhere from 160 to 200 um, within a good given month. Um, we base our, our new evaluation. So, you know, from a logistics standpoint, we really like to see how many evals we have per month. The nice part about the evals that we have per month, which is usually seven to nine, that price point is much higher. So it's not, for instance, we're not getting Adam coming in uh, today. He's going through an eval, which is either a hundred or 199 and he's going to be paying 99 a month. It's going to be an average of 560 to about 1200 a month for that point of sale. So if we can be able to generate six to eight new leads or clients per month that are coming in, then, you know, it's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good return on our end. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. One person area between five to 12 and, you know, you replicate that eight times, nine times, you know, you're making yep. some good coin. So, you know, with, with those evals, you mentioned that's kind of like you have the different, like the, the vow assessment or, um, um, you know, like you blend that FMS with, you know, what kind of tailors to them, you know, how many emails do you typically see right now at this current time? 
we're averaging eight um, per month uh, with, with our sports performance, we're averaging about three. We want to get that up to about seven per month. Um, but the biggest thing for us is what's great is we have such a great referral system throughout the community. And if it comes from doctors or other physical therapists that are in town or other strength coaches that aren't able to do what we are able to do, we've had, we've created a, a pretty good reputation within the community where we're not, we're not trying to compete with anybody. We're just trying to help. And it, and that also comes from the education side as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I use this reference and I'll be brief, you know, you have the doctors, the, the exercise science, you have like the, the counselors and, you know, whatnot or whatever, whatever that, that um, timeline looks like, but it's like, if we can all start to look at, and it sounds like you have a pretty good balance on that, but it's like, instead of looking at vertically, like doctor, you know, personal trainer, mm -hmm. uh, you know, nutrition coach or, or somewhere in that, that totem pole versus like, now you have a, a meridian and it's like, okay, on this side, it's like doctors and PTs and chiros and, you know, whatever. And then maybe down this peak or down this road, it's like, okay, you have exercise science, you have personal trainers, you have a group coach, you have a life coach, whatever. And then maybe at a little bit down, you have a nutrition coach and things like that. And it's like, if you learn to be on the same line, but maybe there's different roads in that line where like, Hey, you need to be seeing a physical therapist because of X, Y, and Z, or then the PT <laughs> goes, listen, you need to be prescribed some diet and nutrition because of these factors. I know a person mm -hmm. and vice versa. Like you're like, Hey, I know a doctor that's really well that can help with this, you know uh, you know, some blood work and stuff. So like if, if, you know, and again, I was talking to another couple owners, but if you get a system where it's like, they're referring this way and you're referring that way. And then it's like, okay, now everybody's on the same page and you can, you know, feed off of that. It, it's going to make more sense and create more value versus just like, you know, you take someone like, okay, you need to go do this. And then you never see me. Right. And, and that's a great point because my first couple of years, all I did was I networked, you know, I got to know the physical therapists here in town. I got to know the doctors here in town. I got to know other trainers here in town and I've created a, a really lifelong lasting relationship with those individuals. And so they feel very, very, you know, very okay with the fact of transitioning or referring over to us. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand is, is, you know, you can market on social media, you can do all the different things of what you do, but being within a community like Reno, a smaller community, I wouldn't say it's small, it's a half a million people, but it's still a good old boys type of town, you know? So they, they base it upon what their friend says or the person that they trust. And then that referral comes in tenfold in comparison to trying to find that referral. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what I'm really, you know, passionate about is people like we talked about before, but I'm also passionate about networking and following up with people and really having a good understanding of how people are doing and how we can be able to assist. That's not once a year. That's not every other year. It's, it's, they get, they get annoyed by me reaching out all the time. And I'm okay with that because over communication is better communication in my eyes. Well, yeah. And you know, maybe, you know, you set follow-ups and, you know, different softwares and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, I followed up with this person seven times. And, you know, on the seventh time they said, kick rocks. Okay. Let me push yeah. that up three months, three months right. later. Hey, look, I know, you know, you weren't really interested at this time, but I wanted to reach out to see, you know, if things could change, whatever. And like, actually, yeah, you know, I, I've had some injuries or some things like, well, Hey, come on in, let me, you know, help you out. And it's like, the seed was still there. It just wasn't the right time. Yep. You hit the nail right on the head there. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head. Love that.
Um, so inside, you know, um, uh, I don't know if I asked, asked this to you, but is it just the massage, the PT clinic, the personal training? Do you have like an open gym feature? Do you have like any like small, like personal group training, or is it mainly just like the one-on-ones of personal trainers, you know, or like you do an eval that are referred to the physical therapy clinic? Mm-hmm. We've, we've failed at so many things, Adam, you know, and, and that's what, that's what I love is looking back on that didn't work, but it didn't mean that it couldn't work in the future. So, uh, to your point, so small group training is, it's really difficult to do what we do and try to compete with the CrossFits and then, you know, the orange theories and things like that. Um, small groups is when I'm talking about, you know, anywhere from three to six, when you go to the larger groups, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20, I'm a retention guy. I want people to stick around and I reach out and I talk to people and I get feedback. And, and for me, as from the business side, it was more work to put into the larger groups for it to be able to be sustainable in my eyes. Is it, is it a great, you know, cash revenue, you know, cash cow coming in? Yeah, it's great. But at the end of the day, it's like we went through 120 clients that came in through group training and we're only retaining like 40% of those. I like to have my retention, you know, up around, you know, like 75, 80%. We don't have very many people leave. So it's really tough for me to, to swallow that in some regards. We've, now that we have really great coaches on staff, we can really build our athlete groups, which has been phenomenal probably in the, the past like seven, eight months. And groups are no more than five individuals. Um, quality of coaching uh, and attention to detail is such a huge component of our business model. But the price point obviously changes at that, at that realm. And each individual client or athlete that comes in for small groups is going to get an individual program for themselves. So it's not just a cookie cutter program based upon, you know, five, you know, five World Cup athletes ranging from different, you know, times and lives and then having different injuries and they're doing the same program. Everybody has a, has a different program going into it. And, you know, doesn't mean in the future at our next facility, we're not going to bring group training back, but we're just going to make, you know, we're just going to be a little bit more, you know, decisive on how it creates with our methodology. Everybody that comes in is going to get eval. It doesn't matter, you know, you're paying a price point of 99 to $1,000 a month. Um, we do have the concept of an open gym. The open gym is great because what we do is we create programs for them on, on our app through true coach, and they can be able to come in anytime and do their, their program within that application. Uh, we don't have an open gym per se that Adam can come in and pay $150 a month to utilize the space. Our clients are very, you know, I wouldn't say they're, they're very nettily when it comes to, you know, what's going on in the facility but they don't like a lot of people within the facility because they're paying such a, a big price point. And yeah. if an individual comes in and, and states like, do you have any open gyms? I'm happy to refer them to, you know, down the street to St. Mary's or a 24 hour or a gold gym or anything like that, because that's going to be better suited for them. Right. Yeah. So you, it's, you're, you're, you know, if, and guide me if I'm wrong with this, but it's like your, the value you create inside your facility obviously reflects a higher price point because you're putting so much time and science and energy and, you know, diligence in this process for this one person that that retention and the price point per se is going to keep them coming back because a, they're not going to get it anywhere else. And, you know, the price point is up to a point where it's like, I'm not going to pay this and then just dip out and not come back. So. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of that comes into, 
the individuals are coming in and paying that price point, they're investing in themselves, you know, so it's not a, a one-off, two-off, three-month, you know, one-off uh, type of package. I've, I've had clients here, you know, the client that just left, she's been here with me since February 1st of 2010. Ryan, one of our other coaches here, they've had, he's had clients here for like 22 years and, and they've, it becomes more of a family atmosphere, but they also see the value in what they're getting from the program design. So for instance, the program design isn't going to be, you know, a three-day split, and this is the split that we're doing. If they come in, which everybody is going to, has lower back tightness today, shoulder issues, I fell on the hill, we're going to rework and change the program up to, you know, obviously betterment of what's going on with them at that time, but also to move forward to get to back into the program design, which they needed. Yeah, love that. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm a huge firm believer in creating value and letting them see that. And then, you know, it's, it's really on them. Like, well, you know, you ask the question, am I really going to get this within a five mile radius? Chances are probably pretty slim to zero if that be the case. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk, um, I'll break it down in like segments. So, you know, with like the PT program, stuff like that, you know, obviously you want to increase your sports performance evals, you know, maybe five to six extra a month compared to like where you're at right now to put you at that good hold, that threshold, excuse me, you know, what's, you know, what's in it for the trainers? Like what, where is your focus with like the trainers, you know, that they fill their books, um, you know, bring on more trainers, kind of like, what's the goal for like the PT side of things? Yeah. And, and, and ultimately the, the interesting part to that question is I'll kind of pivot a little bit is, is being in the training industry, there's so much turnover with coaches. And, and I'm sure you've heard about this, you know, with yeah. your background, but also within the communication with within the pod. Um, so how do you find the value of, of keeping a coach around? And ultimately it's, you know, for us now we have a little bit more leverage because, you know, we can be able to say we have eight new clients, eight new patients coming in per month. This is the back, back end piece of it. And this is typically a two, three day split that you're going to be able to get out of it. So one, I had to pivot after COVID, you know, to be able to pay a little bit more, give benefits, give health. Um, yeah. but also that, that I took away some things as well, because I wanted to see the growth of the coach, you know, during that time. So, you know, now I can be able to sell not just my first coach, which his name is Colin and he does an amazing job. And he grew his books from one client to over 41, probably about 41 hours a week in the past, like seven months. So that's been great, but we also got to teach him that over, over evaluating the fact of opening up your book creates burnout and every coach within this industry trained coach is going to have burnout and no matter what they're going to see the volume of it but i got to be able to take that scheduling back just a tad bit from them but now it's we can be able to sell that second coach third coach coming on board this is the process this is how long it's going to take this is how many clients that we're getting from prospects from evals per month and the great part about what i do is i can be able to know what works in the past but i can also be able to create leverage within that hourly but also that salary so i always do performance reviews every three to six months and i'm always getting some sort of a raise in one way or one way or another if it's through pto if it's through health benefits if it's through a dollar fifty two two fifty i gave colin a 30 percent raise because he just fucking rocks excuse my language but that creates value within the coach but also that coach 
presents himself back in the business. It's not about him as a coach anymore. It's about performance EDU. So that the, the past six to 12 months have been a, a huge change and shift on how we hire coaches coming in. Yeah. I, I, you know, again, that speaks volumes because, you know, when I was in that phase, it's like, you know, me as a person, like I, you know, I have my value that I know that I can bring to the table and absolutely always willing to learn new things because if you're not growing, you're dying. Right. Right. Um, right. And it's like, and it's like the honeymoon stage, Adam. And it's like, it's like, I can do this for you for the first two months, you know, or they don't even say that I'm, I'm awesome coaches, my background, but let's see what the honeymoon stage is all about. Let's see what the first month is all about. Let's see what the second month's all about the third month. And if you're grinding still and the, and the clients love you and coach, is always on point and you want to learn and you want to grab that program design more and educate more. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about what your future entails. And, and it's been very difficult for us. And I am sure like any other gym owner, it's been very difficult to find those type of coaches, but also have the retention of a consistent accountable coach. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just had a conversation this morning. I was up at four o'clock. I went and coached and, you know, I had a conversation with a member and it's like, you know, and I'll keep this brief for uh, time purposes, but you know, they, uh, you know, they get attached to coaches or trainers or, you know, whatever you would like to call them. And it's like, you know, they don't show up one day. It's like, first things like, Oh my gosh, like, are they okay? Like they never miss. And then mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, they show up, they miss again. It's like, okay, what's, what's going on. And then it's like one thing that clicked to me and I, I never really like, I've thought about this. I just never like, I it put it back here in the back of my head and now I pulled it forward again. And it's like, sometimes members will work harder because of the connection they have with a coach. And that comes back twofold because now like you're looking at them, they're like, oh, man, like I can't let me coach down. And now you're like, oh shoot, like they're busting it. Like let's work. And it's like, it's like a double edged sword going in for the right reasons. And you're just, you know, now you have two factors going at it and they're working twice as hard. They're going to get twice the results. Correct. And by providing the value, it's like, a lot of people, yeah, you got to pay more money for insurance, taxes, you know, all this stuff. But it's like, at the end of the day, do you want a quality group of people inside of your facility that, yeah, maybe I had to pay a hundred or two or whatever the price point is for that, you know, to be able to keep those people? Yeah, absolutely. Because now how much time and effort and money goes into finding that quality again and then rebuilding that relationship, mm -hmm. nurturing those connections with the members. And it's like, hey, look, you know, times are tough. We're sorry. And it's like, people will leave because of that. Mm -hmm. and, oh, I agree. You uh, do the valuations. And, you know, the other thing too is saying, do not, not just saying what you're going to do, but doing what you say you're going to do. Because sometimes people will just say, oh, you know, hey, I'm going to three months from now, we're going to evaluate you, give your raise. Six months goes by. Hey, uh, you know what happened to that three month convo? It's like, oh man, I'm so sorry. And it's like, you know, you start to create that discredibility. Correct. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head there. And, um, you know, in, in, in this day and age, it's a little bit tougher, especially with, you know, the past three years, what's been going on with the pandemic, working from home and vice versa and, 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 and these pay increases and all the different factors. But for us, you know, really what it comes down to is, you know, a coach coming in, what's the value you're going to get as a coach, the continuing education, being and surrounded by individuals that are always wanting to learn being around clients and customers that have been here forever, but they expect Mark to hire that coach. That's going to be able to take it up to that next level from an education, but also from a coaching component. And then you see what they, how they take it and you see how they drive with it, you know, and, uh, 
you and I both and every coach that's out there, they've gotten up at four in the morning and they work until six o'clock at night and you're putting in crazy hours. But, you know, is it typical? Of course it is. Is it overwhelming? Of course it is. But at the end of the day, it's where I'm at right now is there was those were the best times of my life because of the connections I made. But also I kind of enjoyed people saying, go home stop working so much. You're working 16 hour days. But at the end of the day, if I didn't do that, we wouldn't be where we are at right now. And that's the, the, the golden answer in a way is like fitness. You know, I take, you know, the, the, the orange lights I'll uh, say, and it's like, you know, they're open every single day, except Christmas. The right. only, only day it's like, you know, it's, it's up to us like you got to grind, you got to hustle to get where you want to be. And, you know, sometimes that takes sacrifice. And if you're willing to put in the sacrifice, but you're also willing to prepare and take care of your mental health and your body physically to be able to handle that sacrifice. That's, that's one thing. If you're just going to mm-hmm. sacrifice yourself and then you're going to create your own burnout because you didn't take care of yourself. Now you got to look back on yourself and say, yeah, man, like I, I effed up. Like I didn't do that. So it's like, you know, you, you got to hold yourself accountable and know that to get where you want to be, you got to put in the work, but you got to do it smart, you know? Correct. And I think that's kind of, you know, sometimes, you know, us coaches or owners or wh- whoever you want to call it in, you know, this industry or the next, it's like, you got to take a step back. You got to slow down just a bit to make sure that you're still on the right path mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you're going 16 hours, you're eating two times a day. And you're wondering why, you know, you're gaining weight or, you know, all the other stuff that comes with it. And it's like, are you really seeing what you're doing on a week to week basis? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. The interesting part with that is, you know, and and I'll make this short, but it's so funny with, you know, doing table work, you know, 12 to 13 clients a day and putting the wear and tear on your body of being a strength coach and you present we want you as a client to do X, Y, and Z on a daily basis. You know, if it's from a mobility standpoint or stability standpoint or rest or whatever it may be. And I have one client tell me one time and he's like, do you practice what you preach? And I'm like, fuck, no, I don't. You know, I'm broken. <laughs> I'm burned out. Like, I don't know how many times, maybe like three or four times I've ever gotten stretched on my table in like the 10 years that, that I've had them or whatever it may be. Yeah. But it started to make me realize, you know, it started to make me think a little bit more about being able to take care of myself as, as a person because of the wear and tear you're placing on your body. Um, and then when I, once I hit 40, like my whole mindset changed in that regards. And, uh, and we can get onto that later on, but I thought that that was a interesting, um, interesting point that my client made to me because that was like six years ago. And now I'm starting to, you know, really take it in, in comparison to my being at work at three 30 in the morning and then staying there till six o'clock at night, doing it six, seven days a week. And it's oh, like, your body's not going to be able to stand that for a long period of time, especially when uh, you hit forties like me. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, uh, two cents to that. It's like, I was 23, and I moved out to Arizona and I worked nine months straight, seven days a week, yeah. going from studio to studio, sometimes three studios in a day, two studios in a day. And it's like, when you're younger, yeah, sure. Like if you're single, you don't have like a lot of other things that are tying you down. Like, sure. Can you probably do that? Yeah. You work out, you sleep, you take a nap, whatever. But like, that's not a sustainable long-term thing. There's just, right. no, just no, you can't, unless right. you're, you know, uh, taking some drugs and, <laughs> whatnot but even that it's just not it's just not healthy man right 
Uh, cool. Well, I want to, I want to break it up with a couple loaded questions here. Um, it's kind of, you know, get the listeners thinking about, you know, some other things, you know, you've been in business for a while now, you got some good things going, you know, obviously there's still some things that, you know, we want to polish and, you know, continue to grow and nurture kind of like, you know, it's been over 10 years now. What is the next like five to seven years look like, you know, like what for, you know, Mart and performance edu fitness, you know, what, what's the next steps, the futuristic outlook for maybe the next five to seven years, what do you want to see, you know, happen to the point where like, I don't need to do anything else. Like I just need to supervise or, you know, whatever the case is, if that's mm-hmm. even a thing, but like, what's that picture? Mm-hmm. Look like? And then on top of that, give me, give us some, some, some feedback or some things that, you know, you know, aren't where they need to be. And that could be better. Great question. So this could be a long-winded question. We can be the rest of the pod on this one, but uh, I'll try to keep it somewhat short. Um, the next five years, when you hit when you hit a point in your career, and it doesn't matter what career it may be, um, every career in, in service in this in this industry or the physical therapy side or IT is always evolving and changing. So you're always going to have to evolve and change. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in that. So I don't stay stagnant. Um, when you hit a certain point in your life, when, when I hit 40 years old, it's like, I do not want to be doing 13, 14 sessions a day, six days a week for the rest of my life. So what we talked about before next facility is going to be a a real estate purchase. So being able to build the portfolio in that regard, because then that's an end result, right? Um, Second is hiring quality people and taking care of your people. So they're with you for a long period of time. So for us, you know, I really want to be able to bring more people on, but you know, the initial person that I have on right now is to build equity within the business. So I can be able to package this business up and be able to sell it or pass it along. And then it starts to be in the overseeing time. And it's starting, things are starting to transition in that way where my days are only 5am till 12pm straight through. And then I get to go be with my newborn son. And I get to take off the rest of the day and know that the facility is being run correctly because the systems and the operations are obviously in place. So a five-year goal, we have three years left on this lease. Um, Give you a backstory of Reno's market. My wife, uh, uh, she's a commercial broker, amazing at her job. And we signed a lease for 68 cents a square foot for 5,100 square feet. As of right now, the market value is a buck 10. Reno is, is going through the roof. So by the time three and a half years comes, it could be up to a buck 50 or a buck 70. So coming out and having uh, having uh, overhead of just this space of 4,100 and then looking down the road of what it could be over 10K, it's just not sustainable in, in our eyes, obviously. Yeah. So the next five years are one is, is looking for a space, which we have an investment property that we're already looking at building that out, getting everything squared away. Cause my wife always tells me if you're not two years before the move out or the move in day, you're already behind. So we have the ability obviously for that. And that will give us one or one and a half more years on this lease, especially. But what I really want to do is clean up the operations of what we have here, all in-house, all exclusive, maybe make it into more of a concierge service where we take the volume of 200 individuals, you know, from a membership standpoint, take it down to 100, change the price point and find that individual that's willing to pay for training, but also have physical therapy and also have massage. But you're buying into it as not a la carte, you're buying into it as a membership now. 
in comparison to pain separately. So the idea of our model having physical therapy, nutri nutrition, training, and also massage is always going to be there. But now the next two to three years, cleaning it up so much that we go into the next phase, have three or four more coaches, and then it's more of an overseeing aspect for me in a management role where I don't have to be on the floor. And it, I do what I really am passionate about doing, business, business development, networking, getting out in the community, getting with teams, getting to, with, you know, in an area where we can be able to do free services to teams for different clubs and whatnot. So that's my passion is really giving back because that's ultimately the reason why I created this facility to begin with, to give opportunity to people and teams and coaches and physical therapists and all the different things that go about it. Man, doing so much more than just owning a business per se. And, you know, it's, you've got the right idea, especially with like the real estate purchase, because that you can only imagine what that lease price is going to go back up to if you resign. It's, it's going to be astronomical, right. um, you know, at least double and a half. But, you know, so you, you would say you, it's fair to say that, you know, s some areas would be like, not necessarily back to the basics, but kind of back to the basics. You know, it's like squaring away those minute, smaller detail oriented things that just make everything flow so much better and faster. Correct. Correct. You know, I look at, I look at this whole process right now, Adam is, you know, it's a, it's a fully functioning operating business, but what I want to do is peel it back so much where I'm looking at it as almost a beta study. What works, what doesn't work. Are people really in tune to scheduling online and doing everything through the website? How do we get away from program design where it could be automated and everybody, everything could be implemented. If we have a, a situation with a lower back injury, the program automatically changes. So IT and things actually get into the mix a little bit because ultimately right now, and I had this conversation with my coach earlier was we cannot be programming two hours a day. Like it's, it's just, it, we just can't do it. And then we got to be able to teach the programming to the next coach and the next coach. We have to be able to have that figured out in a way. It's not as if it's automated, but it's automated to a point, but then the coach can put their own special splice onto the training pro onto the training program, but also the training session as well. And then that's what the coach is able to do. Just go and coach and be you. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like, I always like to throw that spice in there. It's like, you, you've gotten to the point where you're big enough where it's like, okay, like the integrity is there through the people that trust your vision and your plan. Mm -hmm. It's like, you already have the system and the metrics. It's like, now they just have to do diligence and carry that through and know that the training is going to be based on the eval. That training might look X, Y, and Z different than A, B, and C or whatever. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's, you know, you, like I said, you're so big now that your programming is going to look so different for each individual person. And that allows the trainers to be more customizable um, within the realm of the, the scope of the, of the, the evaluation. Right. Right. So, love it, man. Last question before we hop off here. Um, well, two parts. Um, and I feel like you have a lot of wisdom to share and, you know, I love to end the podcast with all these, but for anybody aspiring to start a business fitness, you know, fitness minded, what advice would you get them? Big, small money, no money, you know, experience, no experience. My story, I love telling my story in this regard because it's just kind of who I am and it, and it kind of fit in. Um, when I first started, I 
I was not able to get a loan. I wasn't able to get a credit card. I wasn't able to get financing through investors or family or anything like that. So I grilled, you know, and, and ultimately social media wasn't really a presence at that time. So I did it the hard way. I just got to know people and I gave away free sessions. I gave away free months for them to be able to understand, obviously, what I do. Um, from the business side of things, if I was to do a things a little bit differently, I would just go back to school and get a minor um, in business and just learn the process because I didn't know what P&Ls were before this. I didn't know what balance sheets were. I didn't know bookkeeping, accounting, lawyers, billables, secretary of state, how to be able to put an entity together. There's so many different factors that, that yeah. go about that. But I wouldn't change that for the world because of all the things that I've learned and all the things that I've failed at. Once the failure happened, then put the fire underneath me to be able to do it better, but also do it right and surround yourself with people that are smarter than you that could be able to assist and help you. Love it. I, I knew there was something special about you when we talked because I literally like, I, I see myself in this because like, you know, effed up credit, racked up debt, blah, 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 blah. And right. it's, you feel so beat down that it's like you just like I can't get up I can't get ahead of the game and then you know you have the the aha moment and you're like I just got to put a plan together and grind and right. whatever that plan looks like if it's just taking it day by day cool whatever but just don't just don't stop right and and whatever that plan is know that it's going to change and not that it's going to change every month but know it's you have to change it because one the times are changing you know the economy's changing you know, all these different things are changing, but give it time. You know, I think that's, that's my, my journey was, you know, if, if I, you know, was like, well, this isn't working out, like my family thought it wasn't going to work out, which gave me even more fire underneath. Um, then after two years, okay, I'm starting to break in even a little bit after three years. Okay. I'm creating a little bit more traction. Oh, I have this opportunity in four years. How can I be able to work with it? And then you get to a point where you're just networking and meeting people you never thought you were going to meet. And then you have the expectation of, well, what's the next step, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, peeling back the onion is, is one of my favorite analogies because, you know, realistically, I like to go back on what I did well and what I didn't do well and then go off the things that I didn't do well and how can I make them better? How can I make them serviceable in, in, in most regards? Because it's one of my mentors told me, you know, we were sitting down in my office uh, before he passed away and he was a, he was a very, very, very big wig at, at Merrill Lynch. And he's like, do you consider yourself a salesman? And I'm like, why would I consider myself a salesman? I'm a, I'm a strike coach, baby. You know, come on now. I get out there and I'm energy, energy, energy all day long. He's like, all you do is sell. You sell yourself, you sell your business, you sell your services, you sell everything. And from there, I just owned it. And I became more of a salesman, you know, and, and I hate saying a salesman, but I want to be able to preach what I do. And then also preach the benefits of what this industry can do. And you never know, my, my wife always, you know, gets annoyed by this, is I talk to everybody. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a vision and it's all free advice. You know, if you're going to go on to, uh, if you're going to go to get, read a book, you know, it's, it's, if you're going to go buy a book, or you're going to go to a seminar, you got to pay for that stuff. You never know that person that's sitting next to you, what type of background they have and what you can learn from them. And I talk to everybody. 
because I want to learn as much as possible, but I want to surround myself with people that are much, much, much smarter than me at different areas. Excellent. Love it. Uh, with that, Mark, I feel like it's a pretty good place to let you give a shout out to your facility. Um, give our listeners a way that they can reach you, Instagram, Facebook, website, you know, uh, studio number, whatever the case is. Go ahead and give a okay. shout out. Uh, Performance EDU, Fitness, Reno. We're on all social media outlets. Uh, our website is www.performanceedu.com. Um, you know, ultimately, we, we just like uh, conversating with people. So give us a shout out on uh, all our social medias. And, uh, and obviously, we'll, we'll talk to you right back. Awesome. Well, I just looked you guys up. I gave you a follow on Insta. So you got an extra follower uh, from the pictures. Looks super cool, man. Um, Thanks, Doug. Definitely got a lot of cool things going. And, uh, you know, for all the listeners out there, that's the way that you can reach them. Uh, lots of good wisdom um, spoken from somebody that's, you know, built themselves up over the years and, you know, now is, you know, where they are today. So if that's you or you're in that process or you have a story that you want to share, click on the link below, type in the information. And we'll be reaching out and we'll have a great conversation. But until then, that's another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Clemens from Creme de la Clem Fitness. What's going That's on, good. man? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. That name is quite a tongue twister. I had to, like, take my time for that one. <clears throat> no, uh, I'm glad because uh, I feel like a lot of people try to rush it, and they end up it's a little bit of a tongue twister. They end up, you know, tripping over their words. But yeah, it's a uh, creme de la creme fitness. Uh, creme de la creme is cream of the crop. And I just kind of uh, added my name in there. And it's just basically the best version of myself. You know, I am, uh, you know, the best version of myself. And that's what I want to basically um, pass on down to all my clients and everybody that walks through my door. You know, I want the, uh, to help them you know, learn and become the best version of themselves. That's beautiful. Very well said. So tell us a little bit about Creme de la Clem Fitness and what made you want to start your gym in the first place? Um, Creme de la Clem Fitness was a blessing in disguise. I never wanted to start a gym. Actually, I had the idea, I had the dream, but I ran from the responsibilities just because uh, 
I, I just didn't want the responsibility of being a gym owner. You know, it's a lot, you know, um, being an entrepreneur. Uh, it's a lot of responsibilities, you know, it's bless you, you know, um, make sure like you're focused, you have a night, uh, you just have a big plan before anybody who wants to, you know, even start a business, you know, well, that's what I was uh, thinking, you know, I had, a, I thought I had to be prepped up, plan, have everything business plan, just in a building, you know, before going. So um, long story short, um, that was not the case, you know, a lot of stuff that happened and I had to basically put on my big boy pants and take the opportunity to, you know, um, to have my own uh, gym. Um, the gym I was training at um, ended up closing after COVID. Well, I'll say 2020, November 2020, um, ended up closing just because um, I feel like he was just done. COVID was a lot. COVID took out a lot of businesses and he just was not as interested in the whole fitness um, fitness community, just the whole fitness industry, you know. Um, so I got the opportunity to open my own gym after that um, other gym closed because my clients didn't have anywhere else to go. And it was something I had to figure out, you know, literally in a matter of weeks, you know, where to take them, uh, the equipments that I'm going to have and all that stuff. Um, thank God that um, me and uh, the guy um, where I was training at were pretty close. So I got to get the majority of the equipment for a pretty, pretty like minimal to none. Um, the clients, you know, were excited to just kind of transfer over to my gym instead of kind of just leaving them hanging for them to figure out something else out on their own. So I would say that's how Creme de la Creme uh, Fitness came about. I had opportunity, you know, things weren't going so great. And I took the opportunity and made the best out of it. Um, yeah. So it was never like I sat there and wrote out what I wanted for a gym and planned it out. It literally happened. And I had to think on the spot how to, you know, make things work uh, the best for each individual, including myself. Yeah. So prior to that, like I know you had been already in the fitness industry for a little bit. Did you yes. have any background in business maybe some business classes anything like that no ma'am um the only background i have in business is you know friends who i would talk to you know that's literally it um i had a friend who owned um a bar and grill so he was the one that i'll ask certain questions you know and that's two different i mean it's a business but you know, it's two different businesses. So I had to basically um, look at a lot of other people that were doing the same thing I wanted to do, you know, mm -hmm. starting out and just kind of uh, ask them questions, you know, um, just peek their brain, you know, hey, how'd you do this? Um, you know, and I had to literally figure out just from asking, you know, um, yeah, I asked a lot of questions. <laughs> yes. That's good. So sounds like you're pretty adaptable and just willing to figure it out. Get a little figure out, figure out mentality. So over the past, because you guys opened up like in the middle of the pandemic, right? Yes. Um, 
what are two of the most important things that you've learned about being an entrepreneur, like starting a business, your first business, two of the most important things that you've learned that mm -hmm. have, have helped to grow your business? I would say definitely being open-minded and just not everything is going to be 100% all the time. You know, things are great, things fall apart. So definitely prep for those rainy days. Always got to stay ahead of the game. Um, and I'll say consistency. You know, um, whatever you're doing in the business, you have to be consistent with it. Because um, I feel like that's actually what got me here. You know, hard work and consistency, you know, just kept trying to figure it out, you know, um, just kept, you know, I didn't have a ceiling, you know, I literally wanted to learn a little bit of everything. Um, all the knowledge that I acquired, I, a lot of it was from YouTube, Google, you know, just on that, always researching, trying to figure out, you know, certain things that I don't know, uh, certain things that I would like to know. Yeah. So do you feel like there, was there like one specific piece of advice that you feel like was most important to you? when it came to growth um i'll say one thing that one advice was pay now or pay later you know and that goes a long ways with a lot of things you know um with if there's something that you um, want to prevent or just basically hmm basically long story short i'm trying to um say this as easy as possible um pay now or pay later it goes along it goes um it's actually a lot of ways it can go um let's just say for me i would say a lot of the stuff i had to learn on the spot so it was basically i had to figure things out you know pay now like or pay later you know i could have easily Oh, I'll feel, figure that out later, you know, figure that out later once the business is running. But I had to make sure all my uh, all my dots were all my T's were crossed, my eyes were, were dotted. So um, it's just, yeah, I'd say pay now or pay later. And you can you could go about it however you you want to. Literally, it's <laughs> it sounds what so simple, that, but it's, it's a lot. Pay now or play later. No, pay now or pay later. What yeah. does that mean? What does that mean? Um, well, basically, it's like if you don't take care of the things that you need to take care of now, it's basically going to, you know, come back and like haunt you or, you know, you know, all the um, all the problems, all the work and all the stuff that you need to focus on. Like, it's best to do it now than to push it off. And then, you know, it compiles of a a big, you know, big mess, you know, it's just a cluster uh, of a mess, then you got to figure out where you even went left at, you know, so it's best yeah. to start out, you know, in the beginning, just trying to, I wouldn't even say perfect, but also like you want to master and do everything that you're supposed to do in the beginning. Um, one of the things was I had to um, get, I had to get insurance. That was another thing, pay now or pay later. You know, um, I had to make sure I got legal counsel, pay now or pay later. So 
in case somebody would have gotten hurt in my gym in the first few weeks, you know, I definitely, if I didn't pay attention to that, I didn't take any actions to have, you know, legal counsel or just kind of have an attorney ready, you know, something could have happened, even with insurance, you know, so it's basically, uh, what I'm saying is when you're starting a business, there's a lot of things that you have to do in the beginning, an LLC, you know, if I never would have gotten my LLC, I just would have been running under the radar, you know, eventually that would have caught up to me. So it's just a lot of things when you're starting out that is best to do in the beginning, just so you don't have to worry about like, oh man, I didn't do this now. This may end up, you know, messing up my business. You know, this may end up even like, <laughs> you know, breaking, breaking, like literally. Hello. You hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but basically it's easier just to kind of take care of those problems in the beginning than to wait um wait and then you have a whole bunch of stuff going on just to try to go back to fix it so yeah just kind of get that out of the way thank you for sharing so let's talk a little bit about marketing and how you're getting people in the door i know that we were talking a little bit earlier you didn't necessarily start with zero clients because you did absorb some are you frozen no i'm here. <laughs> oh, you were just very, that was impressive. You were very still. That is really impressive. <laughs> so you didn't necessarily start with zero clients, right? Because you did right. absorb some from the other guy. But outside of that, like, what's been working for you when it comes to getting people in the door consistently? Because I know that you're in a phase where you want to grow and max out your gym. Mm -hmm. um, word to mouth, but uh, in the beginning, I literally was in everybody's inbox. I feel like that's how I got a lot of the people because even the people that are coming out are from people that I reached out to a while ago. You know, um, I literally sent out hundreds of messages to the point that Facebook um, wouldn't let me send out a lot of the messages. Yeah, I'll say Instagram and Facebook are um, the way I usually get the majority of my clients, but mainly Facebook, uh, just posting and definitely, like I said in the beginning, I sent out hundreds of messages, you know, just kind of letting everybody know what service I offer, what I do, and how we will be able to help each other out. I did a lot of community work, you know, did a lot of stuff just to kind of get my name out there. I collab with a lot of people. Another thing, you know, collab with other trainers and just... I wanted to be seen, you know, I wanted to showcase my talent and just, you know, I wanted to be part of the community too. So I feel like just all of that helped me get, you know, my face out there. And then, um, you know, people just started coming through. And also um, after I'll say with that too, people just start talking word to mouth, you know, Hey, I worked out with him, you know, here. And uh, it was pretty great. You know, he was over here. He did that, you know, uh, let's, let's definitely check it out. So, um, I would say that, um, that definitely helped me out a lot. Yeah. Are there any other avenues that you're thinking about taking a look into as you do continue to grow? That's outside of word of mouth and, um, just organic social media. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, cause I feel like there's always room for growth. Um, now that's what I'm doing right now. I'm still, every now and then 
I'll still send out a DM or whatnot. Um, I have done paid advertisements. Um, just kind of leaving my flyers at certain businesses. So I've done just a little bit of everything. I wouldn't say I've done everything because I know there's always, you know, more to be done. So I've done a little bit of everything. Yeah. Okay. Well, talk to us a little bit about your vision for your gym in 2023 and where you want to take things. Um, 2023, I would like to be more online or we'll do more online programs, which I'm currently working on. Mm, just because I feel like I could reach so many people. I can only reach so many people like where I am right now. But with doing it online, I could definitely reach more, you know, even I could probably train overseas if I had somebody that, you know, if I knew somebody that was overseas, I could train nationwide just um, from this app that I'm um, working on right now. Well, I'm not working on it, but I'm uh, trying to get my program on the app. Um, so I would say that, and also Zoom, Zoom workouts too, you know, via Zoom for people who couldn't make it to the classes or people that just would like to work out in the gym, but just isn't ready to come to the gym, be around people. Certain people just have social anxiety and whatnot. So I feel like, um, that's something I'm wanting to do. So, um, yeah, that's something I would like to add in add in there all righty and it's all leading to the end goal of what um the end goal i would like to franchise creme de la creme fitness um that is my end goal i would like to build this up as much as possible and then eventually just becoming a franchise all righty clemens well this is a really good place for us to wrap thing up on this episode but before we sign out Please tell our listeners where they can find you. Um, you can find me at uh, Facebook at Clemens Ahiabla. Um, Instagram, the same thing, but I am Creme de la Clem Fitness on there. Um, or Creme de la Clem. You'll if you type it, there's only <laughs> so many Creme de la Clems, but yeah, you'll see my picture up there. Also, I am on YouTube, uh, Clemens Ahiabla or Creme de la Clem. So um if you click my link tree it has literally if you uh clemens.fitness actually so i would say literally has all my handles at clemens.fitness if you guys type that in it has all my uh social media social media handles and everything you guys may need all right clemens well thank you so much really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast definitely looking forward to seeing what you are going to accomplish down the road so to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description. And as always, until next time, Jim Ward's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.